as easy as it might seem to just say, just tell me what to do, or what's the right answer. It requires us to have conversation. It requires us to have dialogue to reach that conclusion of this is how we arrived here. This is the context. We are represented. We are represented. We are represented. Welcome to Represented, the podcast. I'm Aniki Shiru, racial equity coach for online business owners who want to be intentionally inclusive by building a business that is racially equitable. I created this podcast to normalize the conversation around racial inclusion so that fear is no longer the barrier that gets in the way of doing this work. This isn't about perfection, it's about progress. Whether you're taking your first steps or you're well-versed in the journey towards racial equity, this space is for you. So welcome home, friend. Let's get started. Where are you from? Really? No, originally, where are you from? Can I touch your hair? Your English sounds so good. Nah, I don't see color. Those statements I've shared are just some of the daily microaggressions that people of color face on a regular basis when they occupy white spaces. Microaggressions are subtle yet negative racial messages that leave the person on the receiving end feeling hurt, humiliated, and even disrespected. You may have used these kinds of statements to start a conversation or even break ice with a person of color, but didn't realize the harm you were causing. That's why I've created a free microaggressions guide with five of the commonly made microaggressions in online coaching spaces that you need to know about and what you can do or say instead. Head over to anigishiru.com forward slash micro to download your free guide. That's anigishiru, G-I-C-H-U-R-U dot com forward slash micro, M-I-C-R-O. Hey there, lovely. Welcome to another episode of Represent Podcast with me, Anigishiru. I am loving these bite-sized episodes that I've done the last couple of weeks there's something about just taking away some nuggets and not feeling like you have all these things like you need to learn and retain and it's such a long list. I think sometimes it's just the one or two things that remains with you that allows you to really become activated in this work of racial equity. And so today is another bite-sized episode and it's to do with just tell me what to do, the problem with this kind of thinking. And you've probably found yourself in that situation. You've probably been with a coach or a mentor or an educator in this space, or perhaps not even had one, but you're learning through whatever means or resources. And you just have that feeling of just tell me what to do. I There's just so much to go through and it's easier, so much easier if you could just tell me what to do. Now, here's the thing, and I want to be really clear on this. It's adding more harm than good. And I want to just 
dissect this for you in three pieces so that you walk away knowing, aha, uh -huh, when I think, just tell me what to do, this is what it's doing to me and how it's working against me and what I should do instead to equip myself. You ready? Okay, let's go. Now, here is what it's doing. It takes away your sense of agency. And by sense of agency, I mean taking away your ability to act and make decisions for yourself. You are simply doing what someone else has asked you to do. And oftentimes, due to not wanting to perhaps rock the boat, and I know the idea of just rocking the boat and how that makes me feel too as well, you just kind of go with the flow and, and you just want somebody to tell me what to do so that I can just take this box, but not fully understanding the why behind the doing. I'm just doing it because I want to please you. I'm doing it because I'm a people pleaser or I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to make a mistake. Just tell me what to do. It's so much easier. And we know that the end result is not going to be something that empowers you. Even when you think about teaching somebody something. For example, when I support my children and they're doing their numbers, their math, and they have a problem that they're trying to solve. If I just tell them two plus two is four, but they don't understand how two plus two becomes four and they just know the answer is four, I am setting them up for failure because they will not be able to use the understanding that they have or in this case, don't have to solve a problem. You're just dishing out answers. And the same goes when it comes to this work of racial equity. As easy as it might seem to just say, just tell me what to do, or what's the right answer. It requires us to have conversation. It requires us to have dialogue to reach that conclusion of this is how we arrived here. This is the context so to think for yourself is such a powerful tool and you do not want anybody to take that away from you. Even though you're in a container where you trust the educator, you're in a container where you're giving of yourself to learn, do not take away the ability to think for yourself because you are choosing to trust yourself. When, 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 when you think for yourself, it is another way of choosing to trust yourself. You are choosing to go there with yourself and you're backing yourself because you have taken the time to understand what is required. So you're not just backing yourself for backing yourself's sake, but you are because you have the context, right? You understand how that problem has been solved. And so you trust yourself. You're not placing your trust on somebody else. You're not placing your trust on the person who you have paid to educate you. You're not placing your trust on the book that you're reading or the resource that you have readily available to you and taking it in as gospel. You are dissecting it a little bit deeper. Number two, it takes away your ability to apply critical thinking and oh my goodness, is critical thinking required in particularly the times we are living right now where it is so easy to get caught up with what are the loudest voices saying? And so critical thinking is an essential tool when it comes to your learning. 
You need to be able to ask questions so you have a deeper understanding. Annie, when you say this, what do you actually mean? Do you have an example of this to help me understand this a little bit more? This is why so many online business owners are silent when it comes to matters to do with racial equity, because they feel inadequate contributing to the conversation, lest they make a mistake and mislead someone. But you're not here to educate per se. You're not here to you know, take the role of being the coach or the educator, but your contribution nonetheless is still required. It might be incorrect sometimes when you say certain things, but hear me when I say this, your silence is not the solution. When you speak up, this is what happens. You grow, you build your racial stamina muscle, which I've spoken about before, and you're able to go deeper in this work. Number three, when you say, just tell me what to do, it absolves you from taking responsibility for your actions because somebody told you what to do. You believe them more than your ability to think and dissect and arrive at a conclusion. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're probably going like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a little bit confusing, Annie, because haven't I paid you or haven't I invested my time to learn from somebody who is educated and qualified in this space. And now you're telling me that I should take responsibility, that I should not just believe everything they're telling me. Doesn't it go against what people are saying that we need to believe Black people when they talk about their experiences? Yeah, it does. But just stay with me on this one. You should, by all means, believe what a qualified Black educator is telling you in this space. But take that time to understand what is being said to you so that you don't become dependent on someone else's perspective. It can become a crutch whereby you cannot speak up even when you know something is wrong because you don't have the courage, you haven't developed the language, or you don't even have, and in air quotes here, the permission to say what you need to say because you haven't been given the green light or the go-ahead by your coach or your mentor or the support person who you have there. And I also see this play out in coaching relationships. And it's so important that you are able to share your perspective and not shy away from it. Often in coaching relationships, there is that power. I wouldn't call it a power struggle, but as a coaching client, you come into the relationship looking up to your coach as you should, but thinking that everything they say should be done and shouldn't be questioned And if I do everything they tell me to do, then my life will look like this or my business will look like this. The best outcomes from coaching relationships is when it is happening from a collaborative process whereby you're able to process what is being recommended to you. You're able to ask questions, find your footing, find your language, 
and be able to express yourself from a place of being empowered. And I know this can only happen in containers where you feel you have the permission to do that, where making mistakes is normalized and it's not being used against you, but rather to help you to learn how to speak up, you know, and learn some of the things, the patterns that you've learned, grow in not only your resilience, but also your ability to articulate your perspective, which is so key when it comes to doing this work. Because again, you don't want to regurgitate what the person you're learning from has said. You want to be able to fully understand it so that you can speak up from a place of understanding. I once had a student share very vulnerably that when an issue goes viral, she seeks the voices of those in the space first to see and hear their responses before she can decide for herself what she should do or what position she should take. And I know that's what we do on social media. Something goes viral and we begin to go like, okay, search for this educator. What are they saying about this? What's their take on this? And then from there, we get influenced on where we should stand. And when it comes to matters that are perhaps we don't know what we should think and we're looking for ways in which to educate ourselves, it's okay to do that. But do it with the intention of, I want to learn. I'm not just taking what they're saying as gospel and then regurgitating that and using that as my piece of education. But I'm taking what they're saying and I'm parking it here. I'm doing a little bit more research and I'm putting that information here. And I'm also hearing what this person is saying and this other person. And I'm bringing all this information together to help me form a perspective. And how does that feel for me? Does that align with my values of the kind of human that I am? Does that align with the kind of values of the business that I am hoping to build, a business that is truly encompassing of inclusion? It is so important that you're taking the time to think of it from that perspective. Because the thing is, when you become so dependent on what others think or say, you're taking away, again, going back to point number one, your sense of agency, meaning it's so easy to apply a groupthink mentality and not question things. But I also understand it is a very fine line to toe because there are those who ask questions because they disagree and are not interested in seeing racial equity thrive. And that's a whole different conversation. But there is the asking, seeking to better understand. So you are equipped to stand stronger and make valuable contribution and difference in your community and your business. Gonna take a short break now, and you will hear from one of my past clients, Shannon Dunn, who is based in Western Australia. She is a business and leadership coach and author, and Shannon shares her racial equity journey. I had a genuine curiosity and desire to better understand what it means to lead a racially inclusive business and to also understand what DEI was. How could it support me? 
to support myself and to support my clients as I continue to expand my business into the global space. I'd known Annie for some time and I had done some of her other masterclasses and workshops and I trusted that the learning and the experience that Annie would hold space for was exactly what I needed and what I desired. I knew about Represented for some time, yet it took me a little while to dive in and to commit because I wanted to give this program space in a different way to how I commit to other learning. Annie teaches with the most incredible grace. She says that herself and I saw that demonstrated in every part of the experience that I encountered being a part of Represented this year. I particularly loved her attitude and the way she models calling in something that I feel is so needed across not just this space of DEI and racial inclusivity, but across business in general. It was such a, a, a space and an opportunity where I got to witness what it means to be in collaborative community and added positively to the experience of being represented. If you are unsure about where to start or what to do or what the whole leading a racially inclusive business even means, then Represented is a program I can highly recommend. You don't really need to go anywhere else. I did a lot of research. I looked at different programs in different parts of the world and kept coming back to Annie's program and to Represented. So I encourage you to take your curiosity like I did and to dive in and enjoy the experience. Welcome back. So just a quick recap to tie this episode nicely with a bow. Just tell me what to do. The problem with this kind of thinking, number one, it takes away your sense of agency. Number two, it takes away your ability to apply critical thinking. And number three, it absolves you from taking responsibility for your actions. Now, if this is what you're feeling called to dive deeper into, check out my 10-week online program called Represented and get on the waitlist for the next round. This is transformational work you absolutely want to be a part of. So head over to anigishiru.com forward slash represented. That's anigishiru, G-I-C-H-U-R-U dot com forward slash represented. Next week, friend, I have an absolute gem of an episode dropping. If feminism is an area you are passionate about or don't yet fully understand, you will want to tune in. If you haven't already, ensure you're following this podcast. I promise you, you're going to love the episode. We are represented. We are represented. We are represented. Thank you so much for tuning in. Why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave a review so this podcast can reach more online business owners and together we can begin to normalize racial inclusion in the online coaching space. I'd love to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where this podcast episode was recorded, the Wiradjuri people in central New South Wales, Australia. Music produced in Nairobi, Kenya by Patrick St. P. Mbaru and Kambua Mathu. Vocals by Joanne Matata. Represented from coast to coast.